0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Amen. Come on, can I get a big amen in the church? What a good morning to be in church. Hey, if you got a Bible, go with me this morning to John chapter 15. If you have a Bible, go with me to John chapter 15. Uh, while you're turning there, uh, my wife, uh, Jenny, who was just in the platform, uh, introduced uh, both of us as the campus pastors. But let me just say, welcome to church. And in case we haven't met, my name is Brandon, and we're so thankful to have you here. Hey, this morning, we are week two of a series we started last week called More Than Leaves, More Than Leaves. And I promise you, if you weren't here last week, that series title will make sense momentarily uh, when when we read our theme verse for the uh, the series. But we started the series More Than Leaves uh, talking about how God really has called us as believers, as followers of him, to live a life that is more than just leaves, more than just a surface level outward appearance of, of religion or of serving him, but it's one of genuine authenticity. Uh, we live in a world and we live in, live in a culture, this is no surprise to anybody in this room, uh, but but we live in a world and a culture where we put so much emphasis, do we not, on the outside. We want to make sure things look good on the outside. We want to make sure that things, they look good, they, they're they ordered, they're structured right, so that people get a certain per, per, uh, perspective or perception of us. Uh, we often spend more time, more energy, more focus on the outside than we do on the inside. Uh, we live in a culture where... We, we, we often, we think more about looking right than we do being right. And what we're going to see momentarily in the text that we read is that this is actually not the way God desires for us to live. Uh, the Bible says in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, which we won't go there, but, but Paul said, you know, in the last days, which I don't know about you, but I, I think we're, we're getting pretty close. In the last days, he said perilous times will come. And he gives this whole description. And part of it is that people will have an appearance an appearance of godliness, but will have denied all of the authentic, genuine power and life that godliness, that a relationship with Jesus really has to offer. I ask you to turn with me to Mark, uh, I'm sorry, to John chapter 15. Uh, hold your place there. You don't have to go to Mark chapter 11, but I want to read to you Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14. You can jot that in your notes if you're a note taker. Uh, but th- this is the theme text for this entire series and uh, the text uh, from, from which this series really, really was birthed. And, and I want to read to you this, this morning. It says this in Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Uh, it's a, it's a story that we have of something that happened in the life of Jesus. And it says, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he, he being Jesus, he was hungry. Someone say hungry. Hungry. He was hungry. And seeing from afar, a fig tree having leaves pause real quick. We said this last week, but something to note is that fig trees, the way that God designed them, the way that God created them, they always produce fruit before they produce leaves. A fig tree always will produce fruit before it produces leaves. So if you see a fig tree in full leaf, it's an indicator or it's telling you there is fruit underneath those leaves. This tree is healthy. It has life. There's fruit under there. The Bible says, so seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found, listen to this, nothing but Leaves. Nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. Verse 14. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. We talked about this last week, but this little picture we have, uh, it really serves two purposes. One, it was a picture that Jesus was giving of the religious system of the day. The religious system of the day that uh, was completely predicated on the law of Moses. Our connection, our relationship with God had to do with the law. And so you had to do right, be right, get right in order to, to, to make a connection with God. And and this religious system of the day, which by the way, was God designed, it was leading us towards the ultimate fulfillment that would be Jesus and the reconciliation of us to our creator. But this religious system of the day, while it looked good on the outside, while it gave the appearance of life, the appearance of a promise of connection, really it was, well, it was, it was nothing but leaves. And Jesus was giving a picture that this no longer is what, is, is what I'm doing. This no longer is what God's doing, but I have come to create a new way. And that is something that is more than leaves. It is a genuine, authentic relationship with our creator through the finished work of Jesus. Someone said, amen to that. But the, the, the second picture it gives for us, and maybe it's more relevant to us today in 2021, it is what I said earlier, that, that what God desires for our life to be more than leaves. God desires for our life to be more than just an appearance from the outside. Now, I want to ask that momentarily you would go with me while I stretch this text just a little bit. Um, I promise you we're not leaving biblical teaching or or biblical principle, but but I want to paint you the picture that I saw when I read this text a number of months ago that really birthed the thought for this whole series. We talked about last week how it starts with the inside. And we talked about how God really desires the humility of our heart before him. But, but I want to paint to, to you this picture that, that, I, that I saw when I read this text. When I read this text a number of months ago, it's, it, it's almost like the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and I, 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 I saw this scene in my heart. And it wasn't Jesus going to a fig tree, but it was people God sending to, to you and I. It, the Bible says that Jesus, he was hungry. The whole purpose that he was going to this fig tree was what? He was, he was hungry. And he goes to the fig tree and as he reaches his hand and he finds this nothing but leaves. I, I read this text a number of months ago. And it's like the Holy Spirit illuminated this picture in my heart where I saw people who were hungry. People who were thirsty. People who, who were broken, people who were in need, looking for something coming to, to you and I as, as believers. How many of you know, though, that, that un, unfortunately, this picture that we see, it, it often is the truth that God is sending people to you and I. I'll, I'll just say maybe not you and I, I'll say to believers at large. And And so often what happens, maybe why Christians in some instances get a bad name is that God sends people who are hungry. God sends people who are thirsty. God sends people who are in need and they reach their hand in, so to speak, and they find that it's nothing but leaves. God desires for you and I to be fruitful. God desires for you and I to bear fruit. Fruit, not for the purpose just of, of selfish gain, but because God wants to use you and I to feed and to bless other people. Someone said, amen. Yes. Now, I, I, I told you I, I would not stretch the text without giving you some biblical uh, pr- proof or teaching, but, but I'll give you two scriptures. We know this one from 2 Corinthians five 5.20 where Jesus said that we are, we're, we're, I'm sorry, Paul said that we are Christ ambassadors. That currently Jesus is not in physical tangible form here on this earth, but he's using you and I, we are the ambassadors for God to our world. I want to read you one more scripture though. And this will not be on the screen. You could write it down if, if you're taking notes, but first Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, second Corinthians chapter one, uh, verse, verse number three, listen to this. Blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our tribulation. This, this word's circled in, in my Bible that blessed be the God and the father of all mercies who comforts us in our tribulation, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in, are in any trouble with the same comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. God desires for you and I to be more than leaves because God wants to use you and I to feed people. And I ask you to open, open, uh, go with me to John chapter 15, and it is our text for the morning. I want to read it, and we will quickly move, move through this. But John chapter 15, starting in verse 1, I want to talk about this morning. So how do we become fruitful people? If God wants me to be more than leaves, if God wants my life to be more than just an image, a picture, a facade, an indicator on social media that, yes, I am a Christian, I go to church. If he wants me to be fruitful, how how do I become fruitful and what does that even mean? John chapter 15, starting in verse 1, the words of Jesus. Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Verse three, he says, you are already clean because of the words which I've spoken to you. So abide in me, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in Me, Verse 5, so I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me, and I am here in him, listen, bears much fruit. I just want to say that again. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who will abide in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title of the message I want to preach There's a message that I'm titling this. Make it, but don't miss it. Make it, but don't miss it. Come on, we we were loud during worship. Let's get a little bit of uh, verbal participation. Someone say, make it, it. but don't don't miss it. You know it is possible, right, for you to make it and miss it simultaneously. It's possible for you to be wildly successful, wildly fruitful, and yet, lose your family, lose lose your marriage, lose 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 your moral compass. It's possible to make so much money, and 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 yet miss it in the area of of integrity. I, I don't know if you're an NBA fan. Um, I I love watching basketball, and and this past season. Uh, Kevin Durant, who's an NBA player, that's one of the best players in, in the league or in the world, uh, a very, very important game. I don't remember, was it game seven? It was game seven. Game seven, the, the whole playoffs on the line, he makes an incredible game-winning shot. Like it's, it was so incredible. Part of me wants to like act it out, but that would not be good for anybody. Um, but he made this incredible game-winning shot. The, the crowd is going crazy. But upon further review, his foot was actually on the line. He's, I bet he was wishing that he was half a shoe size smaller because his, his tiptoe, he made it, but he missed it. You, you know what I don't want to happen to me is I don't want to make it in life. I don't want to be fruitful. I don't want to be, as, as the world would maybe classify, incredibly successful by the world's standards and yet hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit say, you're missing it. You're missing it. Maybe this is why Jesus said, what is it to gain the whole world? What is it to gain the whole world? What is it to have all the money and all the success and all the achievement and all the accolade? What is it to have the perfect American family with a white picket fence and 2.5 kids and a golden doodle? What is it to gain the whole world and, and lose your soul? I, I don't think this is ever our intention, but I think sometimes we, we maybe make it and start missing it because we just don't have a good definition for what fruitfulness is. We're using the world's definition Rather than saying, God, what is your kingdom definition for fruitfulness? If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Kingdom fruitfulness, it is Christ likeness and Christ mindedness. What does it mean to be fruitful? What does it mean to be making it wildly successful in God's kingdom? Well, it's Christ likeness and Christ mindedness. Galatians 4:19 the apostle Paul he's writing and he he says this. He says my little children for whom I am labor labor in birth again. I'm I'm laboring in in pain. I'm working, I'm endeavoring, I'm giving everything I have so that or until Christ is formed in you. Paul said, I'm not working to give you success tips. I'm not working to help you be the best business or the CE. He said, I'm working primarily. Remember last week we talked about inside out. It starts with the, I'm working primarily to see Christ formed in you. Galatians 5.22, maybe one of the most famous scriptures over every toilet in America. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. Can, Can we go back to verse 22 and read that one more time? The Bible says the fruit, remember we're talking about fruitfulness. He says the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness and goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. Can I ask a rhetorical question? When's the last time you stopped and, and you considered your progress based on those characteristics? I mean, we, we, we stop, for many of us, we stop and re, we, we, we evaluate all the time. Whether or not, hey, am I doing good here? Is the family going good? Is the business going good? Am I, am I making? And, and we're, we're measuring all the time to see where, but when's the last time we've stopped and we've measured this? God, you said the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The number one place you're concerned about is the inside, the fruit of the Spirit. God, how am I doing in love, in joy, in peace? patience and God is, is there evidence coming out of my life that you are present and at work in my life? We, we, we won't read the whole passage for time's sake, but first Corinthians 13, you can go verses one through four. And, and and Paul says, I'm, I'm summarizing, but he says, if you don't have love, the, the embodiment of all the fruit of the spirit, Jesus, he was the personification. He said, if you don't have love, you, you could do amazing things. You, you, you could speak as the tongues of angels. You could give your whole life to feed the poor and you could be Mother Teresa 2.0. But if you have not love, he says, you are nothing, you have nothing. You're, you're like a clanging brass symbol. You are nothing, you have nothing. This is not my words, the words of Paul. Christ's likeness is the primary indicator of fruitfulness. And, and secondly, it's Christ-mindedness. Well, what, what is Christ-mindedness? What is it that Jesus was focused on? The Bible says this, and uh, I, I believe it's John Luke chapter 19. I, I could look at my notes. That would be helpful. Uh, yeah, Luke 19, 10. It says, for the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. What, what was Jesus focused on? Where was his mind at? Jesus was not focused and mindful to the things of this earth. Now, this is why Matthew says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Don't lay up for yourself treasure on earth where robbers and thieves can break. Lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. My, my brothers and sisters, we are, we're, we're sojourners, the Bible says. We are passing through. This is not our end. This is not our end. We we're simply passing through our end is eternity, which by the way, the Bible says, this is the real hope in which we were saved. We were not saved in the hope of just a better life here on earth so we can get the American dream the way that we see it. No, we were saved in hope of eternity that Jesus really is coming back that he really is right now preparing a place for you and I, that we really will be for all of eternity in the presence of God in a way that our minds can't even, this is the hope. And Jesus wasn't focused here on earth. He, no, he, he was mindful, God has an assignment for me. Matter of fact, the Bible says this, um, I really should look at my, my, my notes more often. Uh, in, in Luke or John or Matthew or Mark, or somewhere in the Bible, uh, Luke nine nine fifty one. Listen to this, it says, "Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem." Bible says that as as the time was drawing near and he knew it was time for him to give himself sacrificially for you and I, that he, he, he was mindful. He set his face. I'm purposeful. We are going to Jerusalem. Why? Because he was mindful of the purpose, the plan, the assignment that God had given him. Can I ask you a question? Are you mindful of the assignment God has on your life? We're mindful for a lot of things, are we not? We're mindful... Whether or not we 're going to get that promotion we're mindful whether or not we're going to keep our sanity this school year trying to get all our kids this we're mindful of a lot of things, but are you mindful God you you actually have a purpose and a plan and you like I 'm thankful for my job but I'm not here just to get a paycheck this is that I'm on assignment God you there are people all over the place and you want to use me to introduce them to the love and the life of Jesus. Fruitfulness, my friends, it is not the amount of money in your bank account. It is not the, the, amount, the amount of uh, social media followers you have or the achievement or the accolades. Fruitfulness is Christ-likeness and Christ-mindedness. How, how is it that we become fruitful? You can write this down. My second thought this morning is simply this, that fruitfulness, it's a God thing. Fruitfulness is a God thing, not a me thing. John chapter 15, going back to verses four through five, listen to the words of Jesus. He says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Jesus said, just like a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, you cannot bear fruit disconnected from God. It is impossible for you to live a fruitful life, a life that is becoming more like Jesus and a mindset that is focused and set on the, you cannot do it disconnected from him. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse five, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Just to clarify this morning, he said, remember, you're not the vine. You are not your own source. You're not your own source of anything. You are are not the source. Why are we so weary and tired sometimes? Because we think we're the source and and, and we're trying to tap into nutrients and tap into resources that we don't have. He said, just remember, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him, you will bear much fruit for without me. Someone say without him. Without me, you can do nothing. So let's just let those words sink in for a moment. I heard a pastor say one time that he, he was talking about this, or he's pre- preaching this scripture, and someone came up after him and said, I don't, I don't agree with that, pastor. What do you mean? Well, I'm doing a ton of things right now, and I'm not serving God. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Christian, and I got invited here, and you, you're trying to tell me I can do nothing without him. And he started listing his resume. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. He said, no, no, I'm sorry. I should have clarified. You can do nothing that really matters without him. You you can do a lot of things and you can make a lot of headway on your own. I would not recommend it. We can't do anything of significance, anything that matters, anything with eternal weight to it without him. Paul, Paul writes this in Galatians 3, 2. He says, this only I want to learn from you. Galatians 3 2, he says, This only I want to learn from you. <clears throat> Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Verse 3, he says, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? I sat down last week with someone after church. and I said, Brandon, your message was really impactful to me. All right, can, can you just tell me how do I get better at following Jesus? And so we, we started talking and, and it wasn't but three minutes into the conversation. He said, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I, I got it. I said, what, what did you get? I don't I, I don't, I didn't hear anything that I said that we haven't gotten to the point. He said, I got it, got it, got it, got it. What'd you get? I just got to work harder. I, 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 I get it. Like, I want, to be more, I, I want to follow Jesus better. I want to do better. I just got to work harder. I got to be more disciplined. And not that discipline doesn't have its place. There are things called spiritual disciplines. Spiritual discipline is significant and it matters. But, but it's not the spiritual discipline that does the work. It's the spirit of God that does the work. The spiritual discipline is just the avenue. That's, that's just opening the door and saying, God, I need you. Only you can do what only you can do. I need you. So Like I I think about plumbing. I am not a plumber. I have no plumbing expertise. And uh, anytime there's a plumbing issue, I call someone who knows what they're doing. Say, hey, we, we got an issue. I need help. And all I do, I just open the door and say, hey, access granted. Just whatever you got to do. If part of what you got to do is sit on my couch and take a lunch break and eat my food, do it. Whatever you got to do, do what you got to do because I cannot do, this is all spiritual discipline is. Spiritual discipline are the avenues that we just say, God, do what only you can do in my heart. I'm not reading the Bible because the Bible somehow makes me better. No, I'm reading the Bible as a way of just saying, God, today, I'm giving you access. Speak to me, talk to me. Do what only you can do in, in, in me. And Paul says, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, God, only you can save me. God, I call out to you. I need you. And you're now trying to be made, made perfect in the flesh. You're now trying to be fruitful and grow. And be, you're trying to do it in your own efforts. He said, you are so foolish. Bible says in Hebrews 13, 20. Now, I mean, the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Listen to verse 21. Now may the God of peace, may him, God, may he make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. I love that scripture because it simply reminds us, God, it's you who makes me complete in every good work. God, it's you who makes me complete in every good work to do your will, working in me what is well-pleasing in your sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Fruitfulness is a God thing. How, how do we become fruitful people? It's a God thing. And, and there's two things that I wanna focus on as we close. And one of them we won't focus on as much. And you'll see why in a moment, it's this first one. He says, the key is abiding in me. The key is staying staying connected. You got to abide in me and stay connected. Now, I don't want to spend very much time on that because if you've been a part of our church for any length of time, you will know that is the primary message we preach from from, from this platform. Everything, some way, shape or form comes back to this reality that we have to stay connected to God. This is why we talk about reading the Bible. It's why we talk about prayer. It's why we talk about things like fasting. It's why we put an emphasis on, on our worship gap because we have to stay connected to God. You cannot be fruitful. You cannot become more like Jesus. You cannot be Christ minded on a daily basis unless you're spending daily time with him. I have a good friend who's a pastor and he, he says it this way. He says, remember, you can't make history for Jesus unless you have history with Jesus. We can't make history for him in our family. We can't draw new generational lines. We can't make history for Jesus in the workplace, in the world that we live in, unless we have history with Jesus. But the second one that, that I want for us to kind of maybe spend just a moment on, you can write this down, kind of my, my third thought as we, we, we come to a close, but it's this, that you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to change. What, what is it about you and I, I say you and I, myself included, that we want change, we just don't wanna change. Come on, the fitness industry is making billions of dollars off this. How do I get in shape? Eat healthy foods, drink water, move more. Nah, what else you got? I want change, I just don't wanna change. Listen to, to what the Bible says. John chapter 15, we, we read it as we, we open. But John 15, uh, go, go, go with me to, to the very top. Just go to John 15, one. Let's, let's go right there. John fifteen one. I'll, I'll read, read it from my Bible if, if I need to. John 15, 1, Jesus is speaking about fruitfulness. And Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, listen to this, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Do you know how we become fruitful people? Do you know how we really become fruitful people? Christ, Christ Christ Christ-like, Christ-minded. We're not making it and missing it. No, we're just making it we have to be willing to change. Yes, we have to spend time with Jesus. Yes, we have to abide in him. Yes, we have to spend time allowing his word to get in us, but we have to be willing to allow him to change us. And, and, and can I just say this? It's not big sweeping changes. So so often I think, you and I, when we really, and I'm gonna get serious about God, we make these big sweeping, can I tell you, it's the little things. It's the little things. It's, it's when you're in your car and you, 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 you just, I'll say you hear the Holy Spirit, maybe you just have a sense like, hey, how about, how about I don't turn on the radio this morning? How, how about I just spend time praying? It's when you're about to make that purchase and God says, don't do it. Come on, you've all been there before. You, you, you're about to swipe it or you're about to put cash down and you, you just say, I, I should, don't do it. It's, it's, it's when God goes, hey, you need, to, you need to stop watching so much Netflix. It's when God says, hey, you, you need to actually get off of social media for a little bit. It's the little things. But can I tell you, it's the little things that make all the difference. And sure, there may be big sweeping changes that God, God will speak to you, but can I tell you on a daily basis, we have to be willing to just change. God, I'm gonna abide in you. I'm gonna abide in you. But as I do, I'm gonna allow you to prune my life. I'm gonna allow you to prune my life. I wanna close with this last scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse seven through 11. If, you are, if you're taking notes or you wanna turn there, But listen to what it says. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Verse eight. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you're illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of the spirits and live? Verse 10, for they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit. Why is, why, why is God trying to change me? Why, why, why does God want to prune my life? Why, why does God keep on bringing pastors and leaders into my life, helping me? God, why are you for my profit? But he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. In verse 11, I, I love this verse. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. Can I get a big amen? Like, no one loves correction. No one's like, you know what I'm really actually pumped about? I'm pumped about getting corrected. Like, can you please? No one's saying that. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, listen to this. Afterwards, it yields the peaceable, there's that word again, fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Paul, Paul or the author of Hebrews says, afterwards, someone say after. after. Afterwards. After I'm abiding in him and I'm allowing him to change me, to prune me, to mold me. Afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of of righteousness to who to those who have been trained by it could it be possible that the reason your life is not more fruitful is not because you're not abiding in him i brandon i'm i'm abiding like i don't know i don't know how to abide any better i'm reading my bible i'm praying i'm only listening to hillsong now like i'm i'm abiding could it be possible though, the reason that I'm not seeing more fruitfulness, it's not because of my lack of abiding, it's because of my lack of obeying. Jesus, Jesus said, it only profits for you to hear if you, if you obey. I, I didn't realize how, how, how significant or how meaningful this, this sermon was to, to me personally until this past Wednesday. Um, this past Wednesday, I had an unscheduled, unanticipated uh, sit-down conversation with a businessman in our church. And um, d- d- again, it wasn't on the agenda, it wasn't planned, but, but I, I found myself at his, his place of business and he said, hey, hey, can you come in the office and, and just sit down? And he closed the door, he said, hey, can I just tell you about what God's doing in my life? And I don't know how long, maybe it was 30, 45 minutes, maybe longer, but he's just, he's just sharing with me all the things that he's been walking through all the things that God's been taking him through, all the ways that God is now blessing and increase, all the ways that fruitfulness is, is coming about. He said this to me, that was, I, I thought it was so, so good. He, he, he said, you know, through all this season of, of waiting, all this season's going, God, I, I can't see it. I can't figure it out, but I'm gonna trust you. I, I, I feel like the two things God was showing me is number one, that it's worth it to wait for him. It is worth it to wait for him. He said, and the other thing, and man, this, this one got me. I got big tears in my eyes when he was saying this. He, he said, the other thing God was showing me is that while I'm in a season of waiting, God's preparing a table. Because the Bible says that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And now he tells the whole story. Now, now I'm, I'm eating. I'm, I'm getting to eat now because of my waiting upon God. And then he starts telling me about how his place of business, how it's really just ministry. So telling about how he, 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 he gets there in the morning before anybody gets there and he's praying over the whole place. How he's praying over every chair where his employees are gonna be sitting. Tell him about, about the five guys that think they're getting counseled, but really they're being discipled right now. The, the word that he got to share with a with the, with the young woman, the, the person he got to pray d- over their seat for salvation and now they're asking and they're inquiring about God. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm sitting there and although I've expressed it, he will have no idea how significant it was. I'm sitting there and I got tears welling up in my eyes and I was feeding. You know, sometimes we don't know how hungry we are. Sometimes we, we don't know because we cover our life with so many leaves. We don't know how, how hungry, how thirsty we really are. And I was sitting there and the fruitfulness of this man, which by the way, it's not just spiritual stuff, it's tangible stuff. This is a fruitful man of God. It makes you think of Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. And I'm sitting there and my hungry soul is being fed. I'm sitting there and my thirsty soul is being fed. I'm sitting there and God is is nourishing. God is doing something significant in me. Why? Because he has done the work, abiding, obeying, waiting, trusting. I'm telling you, God wants to send you people. FYI, God already has and is sending you people. There are people that God is sending your way. There are people that are in your life. There are people that are in our world that God wants to bring to your front door so that they can eat, so their soul can be fed. This is not just about us becoming better people. Yeah, I, I know I need to be a more fruitful person. I, I, I need to be more like Jesus. I know. I, I should be a little more focused on, no, this is not about that. Does God want to bless you? Absolutely, He does. Does God want to increase your business and your finances and bring He? Absolutely. But God's concerned about this first and foremost. Why? Because there are hurting, hungry, broken people. I don't know about you, but I just don't want to be someone that God's sending me people and they're looking around leaves and there's only disappointing or deceptive fruit under those leaves. They're, 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 they're looking around, it's like Jesus, it's nothing but, but leaves. Oh God, help us to not be people that are just leaves. Help us to be people that are not an appearance of godliness, but having denied all the power, the authenticity, the genuine life transforming, Oh, help us to not just be leaves, God. Why? Yes, because God, I need you, but other people need you too. Because you're sending me people you're sending people my way. And God, you want me to be a fruitful man, a fruitful life so that people come. And from what you're doing in my life, they're getting fed. This is that verse we read at the beginning, by the way, and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. But this is that verse where 2 Corinthians 1, 3, Hey, the God of all comfort, comfort you in all of your tribulation. May the God who has all resource, all power, all ability, he's our healer in every way. He's our provider in every way. He can open doors that no man can shut. He is our source. May the God of all comfort, comfort you in tribulation. Why? So that you can comfort those who are in any kind of trouble with that same comfort. Why? Yes, so I can be comforted but so that people, when they come, they can be comforted. I, I don't want for anyone to ever walk away from a conversation, maybe they don't even know it, but where God wanted me to be able to deposit something. God wanted for me to be able to give peace, give comfort, give encouragement, bring, help, help salvation to come forth. And it, and it doesn't happen because there's nothing but but leaves. I'm going to pray in just a moment. And um, as I pray, I want to invite you, if you have any kind of a need today, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You're just saying, I I need to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you have, but it's been a long time and you, you need to rededicate your heart in a real way to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. Maybe you're here and you have some other kind of a need. I want to invite you to come forth as we, we close in a song of worship this morning uh, just to receive prayer, to receive ministry from our prayer and altar team. Maybe you're here and you just want to respond and say, God, I, I want to be fruitful. God, I want to be more fruitful. Change me, correct me, prune me, help me to abide in you so that I can feed those who are hungry, who are in need however God's leading you, speaking to you, let's respond to him this morning in receiving ministry, in our time of worship, as we close here momentarily. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? God, we thank you today. Oh, we thank you today in the name of Jesus for your great grace, for your mercy, for the forgiveness of sins that only you offer. We thank you that you're our healer, that you're our protector, you're our provider. You are our source in every way. And I pray today in the name of Jesus that as we come to you, the vine, as we come to you, the source, that God, we would begin to see the fruit of righteousness in our life that the fruit of the Holy Spirit would begin to become evident. that The fruits of, of Christ-mindedness would start to, to flow out of our life, that we'd, we, we'd live like, we'd look like, we'd love like Jesus. We'd have passion for the assignment of God on our life like Jesus did. And I pray that as we become more fruitful people, as we don't settle anymore for just being leaves, but as we become more than leaves, that God, you will use our life and our church to feed and to nourish and to bring water to the thirsty soul in the name of Jesus. So this morning, as we close, would you help us to respond appropriately, whatever that looks like, whatever that means for us, right where we are in Jesus' name. Would you stand on your feet this morning? Can we close by singing this chorus together?